Faith, family, wrestling. This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. And now, here's your host, Casey Cage. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I'm your host, Casey Cage, and I am honored today to have with me a man who I have a great deal of respect for, a man who I have uh, ridden up and down the road with a few times and had the honor of uh, getting a little bit of his wrestling knowledge. Uh, longtime wrestler and promoter, Big Wood, the Lumberjack. Woody, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm I'm glad to have you on and and uh, you know before we started recording we were just talking about some things uh, and you know we was talking about we all have we all have stories mm-hmm. and uh, one thing that I was thinking about uh, before we got together is we've we've made some trips i remember you know some trips north carolina and i i think there's uh maybe some tennessee mm. trips and stuff like that but and uh we've shared plenty of locker rooms together mm-hmm. but i can't really remember sitting down and having too much of an in-depth conversation of uh like your start and throughout yeah. your career and uh you know, it was intriguing to me to to sit down with you, one of the most respected veterans in our area here, and uh, and just get your story. I'd like to just hear. You know, I think it. I think it would be interesting for all the listeners out there, just where you started and and all the way through till today. And I mean, I'm I'm sure we can't cover everything, but <laughs> there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. <laughs> So, but but how did you get started, and when did you get started? Uh, well, I, I when I, I guess I was around twenty year old, fixing to turn twenty one, and uh, I was I went into a store that me and a bunch of my friends had always hung out at, and uh, I ran into cry, get into a guy there, and ran into a guy there named Eddie, Eddie I never forgot Eddie's last name, but he went by Sonny Harlow. He was a wrestler and. My cousin goes, yeah, he's a wrestler, blah, blah, blah. And Sonny goes, y'all, you're a pretty big strapping boy. You'd, you'd make a good wrestler. And I'm like, you think so? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And he <laughs> said, yeah, I got a, a training school in Dalton, and uh, you ought to come and give it a try. And I said, well, I played softball with uh, my buddy Paul Watkins, which is my first tag team partner, went by Big Tiny. Uh, we went with inseparable we're always doing stuff together at that time and uh so i called him i said hey i know this guy he's a wrestler and he he wants to train us to wrestle and and uh uh, you want to do it and he's like yeah you know a wrestler or whatever you know so uh uh we went and done it uh we trained at uh mwf it was called uh, mountain federation i think it was ran by uh clarence keith and john John, I forgot John's last name. I'm sorry, I'm bad with names nowadays. John Cowart. John Cowart was his name. I don't think that, I know that one. But yeah. Clarence Keith, now he, he went on to be a ring announcer. Yeah. Stuff, right? yeah. Okay, yeah, I know him. And uh, so we trained there for, it was rough. <laughs> it was really rough. We trained there probably 
five, six months where we had our first match twice a week. Yeah. About three hours a session. So now, now who was it that was training you there? Uh, Sonny Heartless was his name. Uh, they had two teachers there. We had, they had Sonny Heartless. With, he taught on uh, Mondays and Thursdays, I believe it was, or Mondays and Wednesdays. And then they had Chief Little Wind took two other okay. opposite nights. Then they ran shows there on Saturday. It, uh, it was uh, the old warehouse grocery building in, in Dalton right across from the mall, which now is doctor's offices. But uh, it was a huge little place. They'd have it, they had it split up. They had put, put golf in one side and a game room and a teen club in the back. And uh, they had about a 300-seat arena right there in the middle of the building. So it was a nice little setup. That's cool. I that Mountain Wrestling Federation. I maybe I've seen you mention it, or, or uh, was David Young there? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe David, I've seen. Yeah, David Young trained with me in my class. It was uh, it was me, my par- partner Tiny, David Young. David Young was sixteen year old at the time, <laughs> just a little bitty thing, and me and Tiny would go pick him up at his house and. Uh, and bring him and take him back and forth to training. And there was another guy called, his real name is Bob Andrews. He's from Cleveland. Uh, I think he works at one of the, uh, might be Duracell, I think he works at. and uh, Or he did at the time. And uh, he went by Bob Anderson. And he was like so good. Hmm. And he was like, his career didn't last. But a couple of years he just quit and... Uh, but he was really good, and what a waste of talent! Wow, you know I've seen I've seen several of them like that. That was that had something, and mm-hmm. then they just but they they never. It was like a childhood dream just to do it. Yeah, and they'd do you know they did a few shows, and it was like yeah, yeah. You this know. ain't for, not for me. Yeah. Um. So so from there, how long? Were you there, and was that the only place that you worked for for that, a while? That was the only place I worked at. Uh, the deal was uh, I wasted my first seven years of my wrestling career by wrestling there. I was compliant with just wrestling once a week and had the dreams I'm going to go where somewhere bigger, but uh, I never did put the work in like I should have. Right. Uh, I wrestled there for about seven years off and on. Uh, I'd, I'd wrestled four or five months with them, and at entertainment we had a big brawl broke broke out one night, and uh, we got in a fight with about five or six uh, wrestling fans, me and my partner and my manager at that time, the coach. So uh, they kind of after the fight was over and they got everything broke up, and they uh, shoveled us out the door and. I was probably off for four or five months. Mm. And then, uh, at that time, Chief Littlewind was booking. And somewhere in that area, Lynn lost the book. Larry Santana got the book. And then Larry Santana was like, hey, I need you to do this gimmick. And uh, would you come do it? So I wasn't doing nothing at the time. And at that time, you didn't have the internet. Right. And, uh, if you wanted to book and you had to uh, go to the places and either uh, get one of their top guys. 
Yeah, like I said, uh, back at that time, uh, there was no internet. You know, you couldn't just send your guy your YouTube link or or whatnot and couldn't send him your promo pics. Everything had to be done by the U.S. mail, <laughs> the postal service, or you literally had to hop in your car, drive four hours to town, like I said, hoping that they'll let you work with one of their top guys and show them what you can do, uh, or maybe get lucky and somebody don't show and, you know, get, you know, get your spot, you know, and you'd had to have references and, you know, so-and-so trained me, uh, this guy can vouch for me kind of stuff also, but like I said, it wasn't, it's so much easier to get bookings nowadays. Of course, yeah. and another thing, there wasn't as many towns and shows then, it's like, when I started, I knew of one, two, three, four, about, I'm going to say, maybe eight shows in a 300-mile circle, you know, mm-hmm. that I knew of. Right. There was probably more, but like I said, you just couldn't Google, you know, pro wrestling uh, promotions and find it. You know, you just had to see them in the magazines or one of the boys that had to tell you about it back then. Yeah. So it was a uh, different different monster back in. A lot, a lot uh, harder. Well, and and the, the business was a lot tighter too. It's not you can't nowadays a lot of guys can just say, "Hey, I'm a wrestler," and they'll book you just because you know. But now back in it was a lot different. Yeah, lot and that's different. that's one thing and I know probably you know, probably get heat for saying this, but that's that's one of the big things that's wrong with the business oh, yeah. today is without I'm, a doubt. I'm a wrestler, I'm a wrestler. Anybody that you know uh, and and you gotta be so you don't wanna hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, you have to be uh I guess you might say politically correct yeah. or whatever. And I'll tell you another drawback, the training, you know, say the training back in was way more brutal. I mean, dude, I bumped for three hours. I bumped for three hours and probably for two weeks and never touched a rope, never done a move. Mm. I bumped and did Hindu squats. We did a bunch of Hindu squats (laughs) and, uh, uh, just, I, I probably had six eight sessions before i ever even touched a rope or or did anything you know we would do lockups and do reversals and bumps stuff like that but you know and, and like we would always get at least an hour or so of bumps in yeah i remember my first training day uh uh i was working at uh candlewick yarns in ringgold at the time and i worked first shift so we trained that evening and man like i said the first i bumped like three hours and they had like garbage cans around the ring. You bump, bump, bump. Go throw up. Get in there and bump. You know, <laughs> get you a drink of water and go back. And uh, I got up the next morning and I literally had to crawl to the phone and called in to work. Wow. So later that afternoon, I called my partner and I'm like, "Hey, man." I'm like, "How you feel?" He goes, "Man, I I think I'm going to die." <laughs> and I said, "Me too." And we was both wanting the other to say, "Man, let's just give it up. Let's not go back." But both of us were too proud right. to uh, get, we know, we know that now because we told each other that, but we were both too proud to tell the, each other, the other that we wanted to quit. <laughs> so we ended up sucking it up and going through with it. But that's pretty funny. And that's, that training. And I mean, I mean, mine wasn't, mine wasn't horrible, but it was, it was, it was pretty rough too. A lot, a lot rougher than, uh, 
than a lot of these guys today. Oh, and yeah. that that's one of the things that the 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 older vets they wanted to make sure that you had the heart for it. Oh yeah. Before they would bring you in and open everything up to you. Pay you your know? dues. Right. Had to pay your dues. Yeah. And that's nobody pays dues anymore. I mean I hate to say it. I mean you do when you go to WWE or stuff like that. And there is a handful of of uh, training schools out there that do make you pay your dues, but the majority of them don't nowadays. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a touchy subject. It is, especially with old guys, the older guys. Like I said, it's a different breed nowadays. And uh, of course, it's like you know, I ran wrestling, promoted wrestling, also. But times have changed. Uh, the business has changed, and you got to get with the times or get left behind. Right. Well, and and nowadays, today, and this is, I don't, I, I don't believe that we should just completely be, you know, killing somebody who comes into the training school, uh, you know, yeah. ten chair shots straight to the head or anything <laughs> like that. But, yeah. you know, there there used to be a protocol. You know, you, you know, and I, I only trained, uh, well, there was two people who actually made it and, and they, they wrestled for a little bit and then they, they fizzled out. There, there was this one guy, uh, who was, he had, uh, he had just come out of the military. He was mm-hmm. jacked up. He's uh, six, two, six, three, probably about two fifty, ripped to shreds. And, uh, you know, and he come, he come to the house and I don't even remember who, who put him in contact with me, but, uh, you know, he, he got in contact with me and said, Hey, I heard you had a ring and you train. And I'm like, yeah, let, you know, come to the house. I'll take a look at you. And when, when this guy, when this guy, uh, showed up mm-hmm. and I looked at him and I said, now this and and me and you both being Ted Allen guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked at this guy and I said, "This is my arm." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. this this is uh, you know nobody'll know who I am, but but <laughs> through the, him. they're gonna yeah. they're gonna yeah. remember me through this guy. Yeah, yeah. you know. But uh, but he fizzled out. He he only made it. A, I don't even know if he made it uh, more than one one session. But I mean. I, I got the guys in there, and I would make them roll around mm-hmm. with me, amateur style, not yeah, you yeah. know, not to, and and stretch them and and just see what they could take and and run them cardio like you say and Hindu squats, yeah. running the ropes, drop downs, all these you know, uh, and I mean several well, we times, yeah, several yeah. times, several times having them puke, you know, yeah, yeah, and that's. Uh, but I don't. I don't know if, I don't know if people do that hardly anymore or not. I mean, my lord, you might get sued. Yeah. In the world we live in today. That brings up a story. Uh, I was, I was doing a training at uh, Doug Watkins' place down at TWA at one time years ago, and this big old guy came in there, and then he played football for University of Georgia. And he was all coming there all cocky and stuff. And I played football at University of Georgia. I can handle this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, buddy, we'll see what you got. And in 15 minutes, he was blowing chunks in the in the, in the garbage can over there. And uh, 
out the door. He was gone <laughs> in about 15 minutes. And, uh, and he was a big old, he's a hoss. Yeah. And, but uh, he just, he just didn't have no grit. Well, you know? it, there's, you know, you hear the guys say it all the time. In our business, there's a huge difference. You can go and run for hours mm-hmm. straight on a treadmill in the gym. Oh, yeah. But but having having uh, cardio in the gym and having wrestling cardio yeah. is two different, yeah. totally different animals. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, they can't, you know, uh, they might look like a million bucks and they might can run miles and miles, but when they get in that ring – there's there's something totally different mm-hmm. that that blows a lot of people up easily, but okay. So, uh, Mountain Wrestling Federation, you're there. Sorry, but you, it's yeah, it's all right. Yeah. But you go. Uh, you said you was there mainly for like about, seven years. about seven years. Then I met Ted Allen. Oh, there we go. <laughs> How about that? Then I met Ted Allen. Uh, Ted Allen ended up being. Uh, one of my my good friends there, you know, not to start with, but uh, we did business together. And I started working for Ted some, and I started doing other shows, working for Ron West and uh, some of the other guys. Uh, but I met Ted, and he took, you know, a lot of times I'd help him go do ring stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it ended up somebody not showing up, I'd get a spot here and there. Uh, but... Ted taught me so much on the on the road. I learned so much yes. just listening to the stories, you know. Uh, you know, he, he taught me Carney. I didn't know what Carney was. <laughs> and, uh, Lord, we'd sit and practice Carney, and then I pass it down to other folks. And, yeah. And uh, I'm not fluent in Carney anymore because I haven't used it so That's much. Good. That's something you have to. It has been a while. You practice. You know, yeah. Billy Black was the best I've ever seen at it. I mean, he called the whole match in Carney and just. Blow your mind, but uh, you know, Ted showed me a lot. You know, showed me all parts of the business. You know, as far as the ring and the traveling and stuff. And uh, he, you know, like I said, I just did stuff. Like I said, at that time, it still wasn't the big doors. Uh, it wasn't easy to get booking still, and there still wasn't as many towns and shows to do but Ted kept me kind of busy some and then you know like I said I do a couple shows with Ron every now and then then trying to think Keith Hart was running uh Spring City I would run I would work in Spring City and stuff and uh let's see Doug Doug would still Doug was running I would work with Doug still and uh, at that time Doug and Iceman Wilson had TWA, mm-hmm. and they were in Cleveland, Tennessee, and uh, it was one of the hot places to be at the time. Now, what what's the what's the years on this? Oh gosh, let me see. Let's see. I'm looking. Let's see, nine, nine. I'm gonna say eight, eight, nine years from '99. So you're looking. 2000, what's that, 99? Or so it was 89, I'm sorry. Right around, it was 89. So I'm going to say around 98, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was around 98. So 98, TWA right was in Cleveland. Yeah, I'm trying to say I'm horrible with time frames, and I don't want to say I'm not sure exactly. 
so I'm get when I started and I was I'm, it was around like I said I think around 88 or 89 and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say about seven eight years after that Doug and him so was so mid 90s man and I grew up in Cleveland and yeah. I never knew it I was, never knew where the, where were they it was down on uh Blue Springs Road. You remember oh, Blue yeah, Springs know, Road? Yeah. It's the building's still there and it's a pallet company now. I drove by a while back and it's pallets, but it was on Blue Springs Road there and hmm. uh, there's a little road there. But Doug and him ran there for a couple of years and then uh they sold the property, I believe that's what it was. Don't quote me on that, but he ended up in Rossville, Georgia, and that was really a hot place. Yeah, uh, I've heard the story. It was on McFarland Avenue. Uh, he got a building from uh, Kenny LaCroix had one there and he ran there for several years until uh, he decided to go to Dalton but that place was hot man it was 150 to 250 every show there it was it was hot yeah. that was on a Friday night too that was that was and that's, strong that's back real in. good for a real good for a weekly show I'm sorry I'm not better with my time frame the sky could be no, totally wrong no it it just it interested me because I grew up in Cleveland and I couldn't, I couldn't ever think of going to a TWA show. Yeah. Now I remember uh, Ron West mm-hmm. uh, came to Cleveland. I'm thinking '96, '97, mm-hmm. and was running the Village. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I remember going to them. Were you on any of those? I was not in the Village. I worked for him, man. When he's running Athens at the Armory. Okay. Uh, Ron and Brent. That was. Uh, Ron pretty much promoted it, and Brent was pretty much booked it. You yeah, know? and they had some stacked cards. You know, they'd have Gordy there, and yeah. I'm a bunch of guys like that there, and then intertwined. Then it was uh, also UEW was coming up around that time too. Uh, it was Eddie Griffin uh, was he's an old guy from the Goulas days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie uh, Robbie Griffin's uh, dad. Uh, they were running, so it was it was a pretty hot show, you know. That was around two thousand. I'm gonna get to because I was working there. That's when I started working for NACW in the Carolinas. That's yeah. when I got my big break. Right. Uh, uh NACW was ran by Ben Throckmorton, and uh, Ted got me that booking because Ted was doing the ring, and uh, he was. Uh, up over to buddy Rand, uh, Randall Brown, uh, <laughs> living up there in in his area, so that, they'd been friends for years, and uh, Randall talked Ted into coming up there and living and uh, helping Ben with the wrestling show. So uh, that was a hot show. It was uh, started in Shalot and it growed. It was all over North Carolina on TV and uh, South Carolina. It was all over South Carolina. And parts of Virginia and West Virginia. Then uh, they got a deal, TV deal with uh, Comcast Sports mm-hmm. South, and it was on in eight states. Everywhere the SEC, they had an SEC school, it was on in that state. It was a bad time slot. It was like one o'clock in the morning, but it's still yeah. a good well, TV slot. Now I can't remember. Now what you said that was around two thousand. How long did that last there? Uh, the B, I think Ben ran from around not quote me two thousand to or two thousand. 
I'm going to say 2001 maybe to 2005 or six. Okay, so, yeah, because I was thinking that, uh, I was thinking that I was catching it on TV right before mm-hmm. I started in the business, and I started in 03, so I, I, I'm, I yeah. remember catching it because... It was hot in 03, around 03 it was really hot yeah. at that time. I remember, I remember running across it, across it on uh, mm. CSS, yeah. and I was like, oh, wow. You know, yeah. because you didn't you didn't get to see, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it reminded me like Smoky Mountain. Yeah. Because it, I grew up watching Smoky Mountain. It was a pretty good product, but at that time, when we, everybody that was on the show thought they were cocks of the walk because it was, uh, I mean, come on, you're on a TV in, uh, in a lot of states, and that was unheard of back in that kind of deal yeah and uh now that i go back and i watch the old tapes it wasn't as good as i thought it was you know (laughs) i've not watched any i've not went back and watched any of it in a long time but i just remember Mm -hmm. you know you as a fan you know when all that's on tv Mm -hmm. is wwe or wwf at that time they were probably about the transition stage and then WCW yeah. is close to gone or yeah. gone at that time. That's when they were battling. And, yeah. yeah. And I mean, so you, you don't, you know, but to see stuff like that, and I mean, it might be, it might not be as good as it was. But yeah. when I was watching it, just to see something oh, yeah. different than the mainstream, you know, global companies, I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching it. Well, that opened a lot of doors at that time. WCW was failing and losing money and they were cutting guys loose so that was opening doors for other shows other independent shows and like like in acw it's like you know you could have the rock and roll express you could have the barbarian you could have Lash larue yeah you could have guys like that buff bagwell and stuff like that come because they're not under contract no more and uh, they're still hot off of tv and tv and people can still remember them yeah so uh that was good for that time. And the house shows would draw good. You'd go to one town, you'd draw 600 people. You'd go to the next town and draw 100 people. You know, mm-hmm. it was just, you had to find that one formula in which town towns would do good, you know. Right. But it was, uh, with, it was a lot of people jumping ship back and forth. ECW was hot, you know. At that time, you could get ECW guys mm-hmm. too. So uh, there was a lot of, a lot of doors there at that time. Yeah. Now, how long, how long did Ted live in North Carolina? Because I remember mm. riding down the road with him, and him telling me, you know, he's talking about Memphis. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And and he's talking about he didn't like being that yeah. far from home. So, yeah. you know, his stint in what eighty one in Memphis, mm-hmm. you know. He he said he got tired of it and wanted to come home. Yeah, he wanted to be home. So yeah. I just can't imagine him living uh, far away from him. Well, his... at that time, his kids was grown then. So, right. Uh, kids was grown, married, doing their own thing or, or whatnot. So what he would do, he would, he'd bounce back and forth. Uh, about an eight-hour trip back and forth. So uh, I'm going to say, you know, he, he lit... It's hard to tell. You know, Ted's rolling stone, so you know, <laughs> no, no moss, you know, ever growed on it. So, you know, it, 
off and on, he lived there a couple years. Then he'd go back to Georgia and, you know, stay Georgia for six months. Then he'd go stay up at Randall's three, four months. You know, mm-hmm. he'd bounce back and forth, you know. So, and a lot of times him and Randall would do rings together and stuff. Uh, Randall made the high spots ring. And yeah. him and Ted, they were always trying to get over on each other on, on <laughs> trades and deals. And uh, if one of them burnt the other one, you know, the other one wouldn't let it. Let it go until he burnt the other one. So, but <laughs> you know, he bounced back and forth. You know, I know there at one time he probably stayed a year and a half, two years. You know, back back and forth. You know, but uh, you know, he just bounced back there between there and Cartersville. Yeah, but that he, man right there, he, I think he helped more people than he would have ever realized. Oh yeah, and I, it's it's funny like. I don't know how your how was your meeting with him when you first got good and acquainted. Uh, yeah, I, I met him. I'm trying to think where I met him through. Uh, I think maybe I showed up in, in White when he was running White one time, and some of the, some of the guys I yeah that's what it was. Some of the guys I knew were working for him. David Young and some of them guys were. So that's how I met Ted was through that, and I went to a show, and uh, I remember I went to the show and was wanting to hang out, but he wouldn't let me in without letting me, making me pay. <laughs> so I didn't go in. So I just hung around and talked to some of the guys out back, and uh, we ended up meeting, and uh, then we met somewhere else. We was on another show somewhere. Then I, that's when I started. He started using me some here and there, and. Uh, you know, he Ted helped a lot of folks, but uh, Ted, Ted helped Ted too. You know. Oh yeah. I mean, if if you know if, if he took you somewhere, he needed you for something. He needed a ring. Yeah. Right. He needed something. But I think it was you know a give and take kind of thing. You know, you you pick up knowledge mm-hmm. by helping him. You know, he'd pay you a little bit. You know, feed you, and uh, you get to meet a lot of interesting people but it was it was a give and take thing you know he he got his labor out of you yeah. and uh uh he you know but you would get knowledge i mean a ton of uh, knowledge of from knowledge. him and he didn't care to share it right he didn't care to share it i remember you know i i started in 03 and was working uh down in trine in trine rome area and, you know, he had come in a time or two and just worked and, you know, I'd shook his hand but never mm-hmm. never really talked to him or anything. And then it was uh, maybe a, a year and a half later after I'd first met him, I was, it was uh, up the road. Remember, in that area, there was Rome and then there was Trine and then, mm-hmm. then one show went out of business and two started on, you know, on the yeah. hill across the each other. Uh, yeah, in Trine. <laughs> uh, but but we were we were on one and uh you know it it was it was a really good draw i mean they had at least 500 packed in that wow that little building it was the one down by the not the storage buildings but yeah a, the, phil ran up the hill okay yeah phil, the, not yeah. the red building that phil yeah and, phil and jimmy ran, powell runs yeah and 
the Collins boys' dad it, ran that, by the bottom of the hill. It yeah. was it was yeah. that building. Uh, I couldn't remember. I guess it I guess it probably was their dad. At yeah, that time. it was their dad. Uh, he, he's in Ohio now. Okay. Yeah, Ohio, I'm not. Right? He's running shows in Ohio. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, we were at that show, and I had. Uh, and they, let's see, they'd brought in, I think, uh, Bagwell and Rick Steiner, mm-hmm. um, and Ted was there, and then I worked Jimmy Rave, and me and Jimmy went out and just had a, just a simple, old school, southern match that, you know, got over, yeah, we worked the yeah. chain the whole time, and, you know, he would hide it, and he would choke me, and they'd hide it, and, and uh, had Sal Renaro outside, so mm-hmm. he was passing the chain, I mean, easy stuff. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, the crowd was really into it. Well, come back during intermission and I go out and, uh, Ted's sitting there selling his gimmicks and he's got some mask and everything, <laughs> you know, of course. And I asked him, I said, uh, you mind if I sit down here with you? And, uh, he said, no, go ahead. So I sat there through intermission and I sold some pictures and whatnot and just sat and talked to him and he... He said, uh, "He said I enjoyed that match." And I said, "Well, well thank you very much." And uh, he he just started talking. He said, uh, "You ever been on the road?" I said, "Well, I, here and there." And I at that time I I was um, I had just started doing a little bit for USA in mm-hmm. Nashville, you know. And uh, he said, "Well," he said, "Nah." I I could use somebody to help me with rings, and uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, he's, and uh, I said, well, yeah. And I gave him my number. I said I'd love to anytime. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I said this is this is what I love. This is what I want to do, and and anything that I can do to learn and get myself out there more than you know, I'd appreciate it. And it was like that was on a Saturday night, and I believe it was Monday. He called me and he said, hey. Uh, you want to meet me down here at the Waffle House and uh, go with me to Mississippi? I'm picking up a ring. <laughs> I said, well, sure. But, I mean, like you said, those those car rides. Mm-hmm. I, I learned more from that man just riding up and down the road than I did in my whole career. Yeah, me too. Without a doubt. Uh, like I said, he, he didn't mind sharing his stuff. I mean, and that passes the time on the road too, you know. Yeah. But he would... Uh, he could tell some stories, you know, because uh, he, I mean, he'd done a lot, right? you know, I mean, a lot of promoting and he had a good wrestling career and, and, uh, he just, he was uh, a talented individual all the way around. Now, I don't think he was always the, the one guy that deserved a, the big time shot that never got it really, you know, the, yeah. one of the bigs, but I think a lot of it. He was a great wrestler, but was a little light on the personality department. You know, it was kind of yeah. quiet. And I, I think that's probably why it never hurt him in the long run. Right. You know. Yeah, I remember one time we were, I don't even remember where we were going or what we were, but I remember we was riding down the road. And, you know, of course, I grew up on Arn Anderson and mm-hmm. the horseman and everything. And I, I made the comment, we're talking about Arn, and he tells me, you know, about meeting him and, and training him and, and, you know, them, you know, him taking him around to, to uh, Fuller's and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know. And he went to Watts and stuff, too. Yeah. Watts was running that time. Uh, 
you know, and he's telling me a little bit about that. And I said, I, I sure wish he would have been the world champion. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Ted said, world TV champion how many times? World tag team oh, champion how many times? He said, how many world titles you want him to win? <laughs> I said, okay. okay. Yeah. I, you know, and I never thought about it like yeah. that. Because yeah. I always thought the the big belt, the, oh, the yeah. number one guy. That was the one. But, uh, but no, he said that, and I thought, you know, it, it kind of gave me a, a more of an understanding that just because you're not the very tippy top don't mean that mm-hmm. you've not achieved your dreams. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's got a part on the show anyway. You exactly. Know? They all... You know, they all have their contributions that each match does, you yeah. know. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, it's uh, – there's a lot of guys made it and never held a belt too, you know. Right. You think about it that way. You just – you get to do what you love and uh, get paid for it mm-hmm. and make a living at it. That's a, that's a blessing right yeah. there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of folks never, never, never leave Dalton or Chattanooga or whatever. And you know, if you get to make a living doing what you love, that's yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's. Uh, there were several, you know, several that we we've seen over the years who they had something, mm-hmm. but they didn't want to leave home. Yeah, didn't ever want to, didn't want to branch out, didn't want to get out, and. Uh, I remember, I remember my first time uh, at USA, and I I went up and did a dark match before one of their TVs, and uh, Burt Prentice come back there and he said, "You lose that gut, kid, and I'll make you a star." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Burt, he's a kid. He's still running. Yeah, it's uh, he's uh, if, if there's a wrestling hall of fame, I think Burt Prentice needs to be in it. Uh, you know, I'm I mean, there is one, but. But I think Burt Prentice ought to be in it. Yeah, he's a, he's a hustler, buddy. Oh yeah, he's he definitely is. Don't I, tell him I was putting him over though. No. Nah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so promoting. So how did you uh, transition? And when when was the first show that you promoted? Did you promote uh, before you moved into DSCW or? Uh, yeah, uh, years. I mean, years ago, I used to run. Uh, the fairs in Dalton every year. Uh, I think the year before Greg Price ran it, and I I ran into some I ran into somebody over the fair association, and this is probably ten years in the business, so I'm gonna guess eight, nine, right around the gosh, I can, it's I'm so hard bad with time frames. But I've probably been in the business eight nine years, something like that. So. Uh, I said, you know, hey, we, you know, we, let us uh, do, give you a bid and see if we can uh, maybe do something for you. I can guarantee you some names and stuff and that like that. So that's my first shows I ever promoted was the fair shows in Dalton. And then after that, I got the uh, the brainstorm to run Sand Mountain, Alabama, and uh, on a Sunday, no less. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went up there and drawed about 13 people. And, of course, times is different. It was hard to get the word out. And, but yeah. It was, it was, I ran Eider, Alabama. It's right in between Rainsville and 
uh, I guess you might say Trenton. Yeah, now I've I've worked there. I don't know who in the world it was for, but I remember going to Eider because I remember whoever the promoter was. He said we're we're going, we're running Eider, and I was like Eider. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clarence, Only in Alabama. Clarence ran Eider. I remember that. Uh, I don't know if that <laughs> was him. He ran it, and then his, Jack Lord run. I think he ran that area some. Hmm. But uh, so I, after that, I I, I ran, tried to run Cahutta, Georgia. I'm like, I went and bought a ring for two hundred and fifty dollars from. Uh, uh, one of the Tankersley boys, which used to do, I think it was uh, the interns for back in the Gouas days, mm-hmm. which is, was a generic intern. But yeah. I bought the ring for him for $250 and fixed it up. So I ran there, and it was a flop. So that was the end of my re- uh, uh, promoting career for a while. Sold that ring to Keith Hart. He kept it for a long time. And uh, another, say, uh, gosh, I guess another seven, eight years went. Then I decided to run a couple shows here and there at Doug's. Then I ended up moving to LJ, and I decided when I was living in LJ, I'd start running. So I started running Deep Southern Championship Wrestling, and uh, I ran an outdoor show at the back of a, a putt putt golf course up there. I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, oh, what was that place called? Uh, I forgot. You were on that card, yeah, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, you were on that card. But I ran there for a while. Probably, I ran there for five or six shows. Then uh, Police Chief Johnny Cersei from Blue Ridge, Georgia, he's like, man, uh, I heard you run shows and. Let's run shows here, man. I can get you the money. We can run shows. I'm like, okay, let's do it, you know. So I got with him, and I started running uh, Fannin County High School. And uh, we'd run there once a month, and we'd run some hot shows and some big cards with some Mm -hmm. big names and a bunch of good talent. And I think our first show there, you were on it. Uh, It probably drawed 300 people, I guess. I yeah. cut the gym in half, remember, and put them on one side for can't shoot it on camera. Right. And uh, we outgrew that. The next show, I split the gym in half, and uh, it was pretty, it probably had four or 500 people in it. And uh, then we moved to using the full gym, and we had that one big show. Uh, it was Toys for Tots, and we had over 600 people on that show. And not Toys for Tots. It was a uh, empty stock in Fannin County. Mm-hmm. Empty stock, and it was it drawed really good. So we ended up running there for off and on a couple of years, and we'd start running LJ at the Civic Center, and we ran some other places, and then uh, end up getting that building, uh, the old Buffington Gym in Blue Ridge, and I ran there. I was a permanent setup. It was good yeah. for a while then. We lost the lease on that place. Uh, not lost the lease. Uh, they just they were going to sell the place, or they decided they were going to sell it or something. Well, that fell through, and we ended up getting that gym back about a year later. So we ran in another couple of years, and I'd done a bunch of good stuff. I had AJ Styles there, and I had Gosh Gunner there, and a bunch of different people, mm-hmm. you know, Rock and Roll Express, and 
had a bunch of big shows there. Drawed some good houses. And then I started running road shows a lot. And they were calling me king of the road shows in Georgia at one time. My son, I'll keep it road hot. I know one <laughs> month we ran 12 shows on the road. Wow. That was crazy. And I had a crew, man. It was like I had about eight guys, eight or ten guys that were faithful. And they believed in me. And uh, I'd book all of them. And they'd help me set up and tear down and travel. And uh, uh, I'd bring in other talent around them. I'd bring in another, you know, eight or ten guys around them. And we'd have some great shows. But the, while we're doing that, I was bringing in top-notch guys like y'all and stuff. And I was putting y'all with them guys. And them guys were getting better. And they were picking up knowledge. And picking up knowledge from all these other guys. Man, yeah. and... and they just, them guys, you know, they had faith in the product and uh, they they learned and they listened to me. I was hard on them though. I was, I was rough on them. And uh, cause you know, I had a picture of my mind what I want and the way I wanted it to be. Right. And, uh, but they, uh, it, it worked, it worked. Then uh, after that, uh, I kind of, me and Johnny kind of peeled away from each other. I started running some side projects with Georgia Premier Wrestling with Daryl Moores. Actually, he wanted me to do a, uh, I started doing at DSCW. I ran a cancer show, cancer, uh, American Cancer Society. He was doing a big fundraiser for them. So I helped him do one. So we said, hey, let's start doing stuff together because he helped me and he helped put the work in. And I was, you know, spread thin it's, it's spread thin doing a lot of that stuff by yourself oh, yeah. promoting and and everything and uh working in towns and hanging the posters and uh you know just forking out money ahead and you know to get stuff you know you had to have insurance policies and you know you just you gotta pay for everything in advance so right. well i got with him with daryl and uh uh he just took a lot off of me and we started running a lot of road shows again uh we'd go i mean we ran from north carolina we ran north carolina georgia and tennessee and uh strong you know we ran a lot of areas probably 10 or 12 different areas you know we ran uh Hiawassee, blue ridge uh lj canton uh rossville uh, we ran, there's way more than that. Uh, Sweet, not Sweetwater, uh, Telco Plains, uh, Cleveland. Uh, I know we're, I'm leaving out a bunch. <laughs> Jasper, we ran, uh, other places, but we ran a bunch. We probably run 10 or 12 different places, you know, rotating them out. And, uh, man, we stayed busy. We did good. We draw good. Uh, then we just quit running road shows. Period. We just we settled down in Canton. We we put our nose down. We run, started running Canton twice a month, and it was uh, it did good. You know, uh, anywhere from a hundred and fifty to three hundred people. You know, yeah. I, when I had AJ Styles there, I had AJ Styles. Why he was on. Uh, WWE con he was wrestling for WWE already he did Royal Rumble and like two weeks later he wrestled right. for me so we we sold out the gym we we put 
about 600 people in the gym and we had to cut it off because it was so full you kept right. moving there and uh that was great <laughs> but uh uh we, we ran we ran canton probably four years i guess and then uh we moved out of out of the buffins and gym started running in another place which uh which was a church and uh another guy there decided he was going to start running wrestling and uh we didn't want to he said well you can run, still run here but we didn't want to have two shows conflicting yeah yeah so we went, ended up going back to the buffington and uh after that it, with the other guy running it started being uh, he said she said kind of thing and it got to be aggravating right and it uh got to be stressful to me it was more trouble than it was worth you know uh, I mean, I was making good money and and uh, had some had some money put back and was able to do and buy. Some, I mean, my my Durango out there, my wrestling paid for it. I didn't it didn't cost me a dime, you know. Yeah, that's good. My wrestling paid for it, so uh, I guess it's special to me. I might end up keeping that old thing forever. <laughs> and uh, you know, I just everything we had was took care of, so. After a while, we just we both kind of decided we were going to get out, and uh, we were lucky enough to uh, uh, get everything we made. Any, you know, and this isn't common for most wrestling, and I'm not pulling my own chain, but I guess I am too. You know, we didn't. Uh, uh, everything we bought was paid for. You know, it, it paid for itself. Right. It, even if we had front of money, we always got it back. And got it back, and everything was paid for. So we never did lose money, and we're never in a hole. And, and that's like, really good yeah, for, a, for, yeah, for an wrestling. independent promotion. Yeah. yeah. And then we were able to sell uh, sell our stuff, and then we sold the show, too, for a profit. And, uh, well, you know, we had to work it out with some payments. You know, I, I can't really say what, the yeah, whole yeah. deal on that, but... We we worked it out on on some payments and stuff, and I got my money first. And Daryl kept it going a little bit after I left, and uh, and I've just kind of walked away and haven't looked back. And uh, each time I want to start running wrestling again, I get on the internet, and then I realize I don't want to run wrestling again. <laughs> <laughs> well, those shows were some really good shows. I always really really enjoyed uh always enjoyed working for you because i knew it was going to be professional mm -hmm. i knew it was going to be uh a a good old school real professional wrestling product yeah. you know and I, one thing i remember you teaching me and i don't remember if it was uh younger in my career uh you know because we even before I started working for you and then, you know, we crossed paths at, at TWA mm -hmm. and, and roundabout here and there. And, um, but something that, that you told me that always stuck out to me, I used to throw punches constantly. Mm -hmm. And I remember you telling me if, if you're punching that guy so many times in the face, and he's leaving this ring with not one mark, <laughs> then you're telling those people that everything you're doing is completely fake, mm -hmm. 
or either you're the biggest sissy in the world. <laughs> and that's, yeah. That always stuck with me. And I, I I don't I don't throw near as many punches to the face. Yeah. You know, as a as I used to. But I mean that used to be my thing. I would but yeah. that uh, that always well, stuck out to me. One thing that used to kill me and I used to preach this to my guys and and uh some of guys either some guys throw good punches and some guys throw bad punches. Yeah. And I'm like, so, so if you're throwing a bad punch, I tell God, don't throw a punch. You better not throw a punch. <laughs> well, what am I going to do? You throw a four on them. Yeah. You know, or you pound them in the back or whatever. Okay. And then another thing the guys would do, you know, the guys get up and they start, you know, the more punches you throw and the faster you throw them, the crappier they look. Right. So I would always tell my guys, you know, you got to get punched, but you're throwing too many. So space get your reach get that punch boom let it register boom mm-hmm. let it register and let the and, and the, the guy gets that big sale and yeah. that big sales where he gets the punch over if you're throwing that way of punches you don't get to get that sale out of it you know yeah. i think that's something that's missing from mm-hmm. today's oh. and i don't hardly ever watch anything new every now and then i'll catch something uh but i that's something that's missing is selling. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, working with guys like the Rock and Roll Express. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Ricky Morton, he's the world's best oh, yeah. at, at selling. Doubt. And I mean, that's that's one of the things that he always used to say. You know, you give me that big old body slam, let me sell it. You know, don't don't jump right on me. Mm. Right, You know, let me sell it. Let the people see my face. Let let it, like you said, mm-hmm. register. And I mm-hmm. think that's something that's that's missing from so much of wrestling today is these guys, and I mean, they, they can go out there and have some awesome matches, athletic matches, and do amazing things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's like you hit me, I hit you, we do spot, 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 and nobody's selling nothing. Mm-hmm. And and that that takes away from the place where where the baby face is supposed to get sympathy and yeah. the crowd is supposed to be getting drawn into the yeah, story. Well, they want to get intertwined with it. You know, they right. want to be a part of that match with you. Yeah. And uh like you said, when you get like you get the big slam, boom, Ricky's then there selling that's your job to taunt him. Yeah. You're taunting him. Tell him, What about your hero now? you know? And that's a lost art because uh, the boys are worried about impressing the boys nowadays instead <laughs> of impressing the people that's paying to see them. Yeah. And I'm not saying all guys are like that. Don't get me wrong, because there's good in all of them, and right. there's bad in all of them, too. You know, there's, um, I guess it's got to get pickier, lesser of two evils, you know, which yeah. you want. But uh, guys just... Nobody teaches that psychology that is teach the moves nowadays. Right. You know, it's um, that's the society we live in. People are different. The wrestling fan nowadays, if you don't mind me saying, the wrestling fans are different nowadays than it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lord, uh, 10 minutes in the match, you know, they're looking at their phone or you know, they're bored, you know, right. it's, it's people have, don't have the attention span that they used to, ha- used to have with wrestling. I mean, dude, in the sixties, you could grab a side headlock and, 
and work it for 15 minutes and it'd get over. Yeah. Of course, people didn't have cell phones to look at and uh, it was just a different world as far as entertainment. Uh, nowadays, it's just people... Microwave society. Yes. They, they don't yes. have that. Yeah, yeah. They can't stick with something long yes. enough to. Yes. I mean, my son's that way. I mean, he's like five minutes something. He's ready to do something else, right. you know. So, uh, that's. Uh, it, it, times have changed. Wrestling's changed. The fans have changed. I mean, the format's changed. Right. I mean, uh, now you got to have all the bells and whistles. You got to have the. The pyro, you gotta have the, the screens, you gotta have all that, you know. If not, uh, where back in the days you didn't have to have that. All you mm-hmm. didn't have it was a ring and guy come. You didn't have to have ring music and this and that. So right. It's uh, it, it's a different time, you know. It's like I said, get with it or get left behind nowadays. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So after wrestling, after promoting, now uh, we've already talked. I'm gonna have you back. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a few months, we're gonna do, we're gonna talk some more. So there's, we we there ain't no way we cover in one <laughs> podcast all all the stories and wrestling. And so we'll definitely be uh, be having you back to talk about more stuff. But uh, just in these last few minutes, I want I want to discuss uh, the last couple of years. Um, you know, you coming out of wrestling, taking a break from promoting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you said fishing. Yeah. Church. Yeah. You know. So I, what's been going on with you? That's uh. Well, I've been I've been uh. Of course, it's been a uh, uh, a spiritual battle with me over the years. You know, I. Uh, Turn my back on the Lord many a times where, you know, he never turned his back on me, but I turned yeah. my back on him. And uh, it's a good thing about, you know, you have a forgiving Lord. And uh, I've been going going to church and rededicated my life to the Lord and got back straight with him and uh, active in my church. Uh, I'll go to New River Baptist Church. We get uh, in a good old country church, you know, about 30 to 50 people, you know, nothing, nothing really big. Uh, but got a, got a lot, the Holy Spirit's always there and rolling around. Though. That's good. Uh, good little church, got a good church family. Uh, we're real active in the church, me and my wife. And uh, I run the uh, the Facebook page for the church, and I've started doing some stuff with it. And uh, it's... Uh, it's it's the Lord's been good to us, and uh, I just want to give him the praise yeah. for that too. You know, uh, he's uh, he's humbled me and made me look at life a lot different. You know, just a lot a lot of things you you overlook, then you don't realize when you out, you know when you're out of the glory of the, Lord, of the Lord, man. You just you don't realize the little things that that are blessings, right? And uh, it's like I just. It's hard to, you know, it's just hard to explain not the Lord's been done for me, but my, my life is good, and it ain't never been so good. Right. And uh, I, know where, I know where it comes from. And, uh, you know, people want to talk to the Lord and, or ask the Lord for something when things is going bad, you know. Uh-huh. And you got to remember, you know, he gives you the good stuff as well as the bad, you know. And 
uh, he ain't never made me do without. You know, there's a lot of stuff I want I ain't never got. Right. But uh, he gives me what I need. That's you know? exactly right. And uh, the best thing he's ever gave me is the gift of eternal life. Amen. You know? I get to be with him one day and be at his feet. And uh, uh, it's uh, I, I used to couldn't I couldn't I used to couldn't talk about the Lord without uh, you know uh, getting all what's, what's conviction. Word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I used to make that joke uh, years ago. How oh, my buddies would go, hey, why don't you come to church? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? Go over and get under conviction? Are you crazy? <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with, ain't nothing worse than somebody that's fell from the grace of the Lord and, and knows a little bit. Right. Because you know, uh, they, they can, can make light of it. And that's what I did for a long time, you know. Uh, just back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, devil got a hold of me, and uh, wrestling was part of it. You know, yeah. wrestling's uh, hard on marriages. It's uh, it's uh, hard on a person. There's a lot of demons out there yeah. that you had to deal with in the wrestling world. You know, and it's up to you to make the choice whether what you're going to do with it. You know, what what what's put in front of you. Mm-hmm. That's like with me. Whenever you know, in, in 2012, whenever I first gave my life to the Lord, you know there was a period of like almost a year mm-hmm. where I didn't I didn't go do any shows I remember the last last thing uh, one of the last things that we did uh, we had done some extra shots for WWE mm-hmm. and we was coming out of Little Rock Arkansas uh, from the Smackdown taping I, I remember uh, Rivers and JP's in the we're putting our stuff in the trunk and I said man I'm burnt out I'm going home and I'm changing my number and it was a joke the whole time you know ha 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 yeah, yeah. and little did I know that the Lord was working on working me on at me, that yeah. time you know uh, but it wasn't long after that that you know I got I got saved and there was that almost a year where I just vanished mm-hmm. and and I, I honestly didn't think I was coming back to wrestling, yeah. you know, until I felt the Lord gave give me that that motivation and mm-hmm. desire back for it. But but my desire for wrestling has never been the same. You know, it's different. I used to worship wrestling, yeah. but when I was born again, mm-hmm. uh, I can still enjoy wrestling sometimes, but. Jesus and my family are my passion, and you know I believe I believe He does that for for a lot of us, especially those of us who he, who He knows uh, would be really weak toward yeah. it. You know, I had to stay out and distance myself for almost a whole year uh, before I guess He felt I was strong enough yeah. to tell me I could go back. You know, and and now I'm kind of in and out and here and there and whatever uh but it's it's just amazing riding up and down the roads uh you know 10 or 12 years ago we would have never been having this kind of conversation oh no no we know we'd have been yeah i won't be saying what we're saying saying then yeah but i i do think you know when you get away the lord puts lets you separate from from the things that that might open that door for you to 
make that wrong move again. I'm going to get your skin toughened in your your heart, right? You know, yeah. uh, it, you know, he he throws stuff at us every day. You know, it's every day's a trial. You know, and uh, just it's up to you what you choose, what you do with it. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's uh he's like I said, he's been good to me and. Uh, Lord, I I just I I pray every every day or so when I pray to Him, I always include you know the Lord, you know, keep my heart humble and keep my eyes on You. And, yeah. Uh, it, it's easy. I mean, I'm a Christian, but I'm not perfect. But right. I got somebody to take it to, and uh, that's that's one of the things. Think people think this because you're Christian, you got to be, you're supposed to be perfect, and you look down on people and. It's no. not my place to judge people. That's that's, that's God's job, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's it's my job to let somebody see the light in me and see the difference and say I want a piece of that. Right. I want what you got, you yeah. know. I and remember I, who you used yeah, to be. I, now you're I, a totally different. I hear person. that a lot now. Yeah. I, you know, and my mom told me one day it made me so happy. I'm proud of the man you've become, you know. And man, that just I bawled and squalled, but. Uh, and I'm not perfect. I, right. I sin daily. We all sin daily. And, uh, but, you know, God will reel me in and I'm like, I'll pray to him and ask for his forgiveness. And that's all you got to, all you got to do, you know, humble your heart in front of him and, and, uh, and ask him to forgive you and, and he'll do it. And, and it's the best decision you ever make in your life. I guarantee And, uh, People don't, you know, we we're not promised tomorrow, and uh, it's uh, like I said, best thing ever happened to me, and best things ever happened to my family. I pray every day that my son has a relationship with God, you know, and and uh, it'll it'll come a time. It's uh, uh, he's pricking at his heart little by little, you know. <laughs> he's uh, I do, I look for just one day that uh, that he comes to have a relationship yeah. with him, and 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 serves them like we do and uh, I was at church last night and a pastor was like oh this is like he was like this is the I don't know if anybody's got anything out of this lesson but last night's lesson was like uh, a rejuvenation for me I was like uh, I've slacked on my Bible study you know we all get down Sometimes I'll get on fire and then I'll slack. But yeah. I've been slacking here lately and uh, I made a promise to the Lord last night I'll start doing better with my Bible study again. So, uh, yeah, like I said, every day's a trial and, and some kind of some kind of fight. But I just, well, we uh, all go through wilderness experiences. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah. You know, a dry spell yes, or whatever you want yes. to call it. But it's during those times that, that he's that our faith is being tested mm-hmm. and we're we're our faith is being strengthened mm-hmm. you know and we're we're uh, learning to lean on him instead of on ourselves yeah. so yeah i have uh, a lot of times i won't uh you know i look for the scripture to the problems of the or the battles i'm going through you know and nowadays it's a, it's actually a little easier uh, to find that, you know, you know, there's a lot you can find with Googles and there's a lot of uh, competent sites, you know. Mm-hmm. 
that uh, that help you with studying to find the scripture for the problems you're going through, and uh, it helps me. So, but anything I do with Google, I back it up with my King James, you know. Right. So I just, you know, if that makes sense, what I'm oh, saying. Yeah. Uh, but. Well, it's like you know, I'll a lot of times when I'm when I'm studying, you know, I I have uh, several different translations. I have you know, of course, Google. Mm-hmm. I've got a, a Hebrew and Greek yeah. uh, books laid out. I mean, and you know, some people go in depth. Some sometimes when I'm studying, I'm just reading. Sometimes I feel the need to really dig and go into the original languages and and the history and the culture of that day and all kinds of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's so much that we can learn from the Bible. And and I, I tell people all the time, if your version of Christianity is boring, Mm -hmm. then you're not doing it right because we will never understand ex- everything that Jesus did on that cross. You know, his death, oh, yeah. burial, and resurrection paid for so much that we don't even understand yeah. and can't comprehend. And so much of the, uh, so much of the Bible, um, you know, like the word mystery. A lot of times we think of the word mystery and we say, oh, you know, well, uh, a mystery is just something, you know. I when I hear mystery, I always think of that old show, Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, yeah. You know, and a lot of times you're like, well, that's something that we'll never know. But actually, uh, in in the Greek, that word uh, basically the definition is hidden from the common gaze. So, yes, there's things that we won't know completely mm-hmm. in the Word of God until we're with Him. But there's also things in there that I believe he just wants you to dig for. Because the more you dig, and I know from my personal experience, the more I dig, the more I read, the more I study, the more I want. Yeah. And and the more more I learn, the less I know. And it just, I think he designed his word like that. Yeah. You know, for the Holy Spirit to just keep drawing you back. You know, to continue to grow you each and every day. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's like I said. There's, there's you can go so far in depth, and I've never went as far as in depth as to the Greek and Hebrew. But I have friends that do, and yeah. it's just like so. And he'll like tell me this, and uh, there's a guy I worked with. He's uh, he started another church, and it was called uh, uh. He calls it uh, Pursuing Truth Ministries, I believe that's what mm-hmm. he calls. But uh, his goal and the church's goal is just to uh, uh, find the truth, find the meaning. Uh, I mean, the in-depth. Uh, he's I, used to, I worked with him, and, man, he just would break out some of the stuff to me and, like, did you know this? And he'd break it down in, in Hebrew, and this means mm-hmm. this. And I was like... It was just it's just mind blowing, you know, yeah. how depth you can go into. Uh, there's so much more that can 
that can be got at it if yeah. you just put the work in. Well, and like our, you know, the the English translation that we have, it it gives us the gospel. Mm. You know, who Jesus is, what he did, mm. God's redemption plan. You know, and that's the, the basics of salvation, and that's mm. totally fine. And, you know, but when I started, and I'm by no means a, a Greek or Hebrew scholar yeah, or anything, yeah. but I, I just have, I have some... Uh, some side by sides that it it has it yeah. written in Greek and then under it word for word and one of the things about the Greek is it's funny like uh, and I, I'm paraphrasing and I'm not yeah, sure yeah, this a hundred percent but like okay John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son well in the Greek the words may be backwards right. uh, like God for so loved gave his son, yeah. you know, and it's like, whoa, but, but when you read it and you have to go back through and, and look at mm-hmm. some of the stuff, but, but a lot of those words, they were translated, uh, the best they could be in our English language mm-hmm. and, you know, so on other languages around the world. But, uh, some of the words that we think of don't, you know, we just, we just think of the word in our English and say, okay, yeah, that's the definition. But the Greek or the Hebrew might be a more in depth. Yeah, yeah. Like the words, um, like the words for uh, belief mm-hmm. and for faith. Um, it's like one of them is pistis and one of them is pisteo or something. I probably butchered that. <laughs> like I said, I'm not a scholar, but. One of the things that really uh, intrigued me about that is, you ever heard people say, well, when you believe right, you'll do right? Okay, well, that's actually true. Because the Greek word for uh, believing is an action word. And so it means... When you're truly believing, mm-hmm. you will be, and like we were talking about, nobody's perfect. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all fall short. Mm-hmm. But uh, you will have a desire. When you're truly saved, you will have a desire yeah. to live a life pleasing to God. Yeah. You know, and it's it's because when you're truly born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside yeah. you, and he leads you, Jesus said in uh he talks about the Holy Spirit a lot from John 12 to John 16. or Yeah, and so I can't remember exactly. I think it's in John 16, but he, he talks about, you know, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will lead you and guide you in all truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's navigating. And a lot of times we don't think about, uh, we don't think about God wanting that much control yeah. or... or to be involved in our lives that much. You know, we're like you mentioned a minute ago, a lot of people they'll they'll take him off the shelf and try to dust him yeah, off and pray yeah. whenever they need something. Yeah. And I mean, uh not not beating anybody over the head because no, no, we've no. all done it. Yes. We've all had times where, you know, uh maybe we're not living for the Lord or we're we're 
doing our own thing and then you know we get a bad report from the doctor or mm-hmm. or you know a family member or something happens something goes wrong i'm losing my job whatever and we're like oh lord help me help me you know mm-hmm. but uh if you i i heard a saying a, a long time ago that stuck with me it said if you only pray when you're in trouble you're in trouble yeah that's right so you know we we shouldn't treat uh, Jesus like a jack-in-the-box mm-hmm. where, you know, whenever we need something, we'll take him off the shelf and wind him up and let him pop out yeah. and fix everything and then put him back, right. you know. Uh, he wants our whole lives. Yeah. And he wants to be involved. And, and, you know, you were talking about praying and going to him about your needs. He wants to be involved in mm-hmm. our lives like that, not just... Not just, hey, Lord, I need this, you know, but just yeah. as a friend. Yeah. You know. I just want to tell you I love you. Right. You know, I that's standing giving testimony at church, you know. I just, you know, and another thing, God uses us in these situations. Uh, he wants, it's a trial. He wants, he uses us. To see, I mean, he won't, other people's going to see us like, you know, so-and-so's got cancer. How's he going to act? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, God uses us to witness and, and I guess, uh, show what we have. You know what I'm saying? God uses us. And I'm trying to say this. I'm trying to put this on words in a situation to see how we're going to react. Yeah. To, uh, we're just uh we're just a pawn in this game, you know. Uh not I won't call it a game, but you know what I'm saying. Right. Uh I'm bad with words sometimes. <laughs> but uh he uses us, you know, as a tool, you know, it's like I want like I said a while ago, I want what he's got, you know. Mm. I, what's so special about this? But when we go through situations and people see how we react and uh, you know, they they he he uses us and uh I just, you know, I, I want to be a, a a a stronger Christian, and like I said, I want to be that light. And people see me and say they want want what I got, you know. But uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm just bad with words sometimes. No, it's the old, my, my old mushy brain <laughs> from too many chair shots. <laughs> no, that's, and I I wish. I wish people could see, and I mean, I know, uh, I know one time, uh, I had a good friend of mine who's in the business tell me, um, and this was shortly after I'd come back to wrestling. It was like 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had told me, you know, he had watched me a few times with at a few different shows and he said, you know what I mean? I was always the guy, and uh, I don't remember if I ever did it at your show or not. I know there was plenty of times where we we'd been drinking, but I don't know if I ever tried sneaking. Uh, I never caught you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. But you know, I mean, we used to we used to sneak a case of beer in in our bags and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. But uh, but you know, I remember him saying, and you know, he said. Uh, you know, I've been watching you, and, and he said, "I just, uh, I just don't understand." He said, "I, I, 
I thought for sure uh, when we got Casey Cage back around uh, the boys and mm-hmm. hanging out and everything, uh, you know, you'd be right back to the same same old Casey. Same old Casey. Yeah. And uh, I said, man, I said, I don't desire anything that I left behind. Mm. You know, um, but that's that's the thing that I wish people could understand and you know sadly there are a lot of people out there who uh what do they call it jailhouse religion when they get in trouble yeah you know they're they're all about god uh but then when everything seems okay they're like okay well back to my worldly ways and so a lot of people see those kind of examples and listen everybody has struggles yeah. Uh, you know, there's addictions and there's there's things that people go through. Uh, so not not making light of people who you know there are people who legit uh, want to have a true relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, but you know they keep getting drawn back by yeah. an addiction or whatever. Um, and then there's there's those who who are just hoping the Lord's going to get them out of their mess, and then yeah. so they can go back to yeah. whatever you know. Uh, it's like you know somebody overdosing and praying, okay, Lord, help me. I'll never do it never again. Never do it again. Never do it again. Yeah. And then you know the next night after they get out of the hospital, they're snorting yeah. another line or whatever. But uh, I just I just. I wish that people could understand what it truly is to have that relationship with Jesus and to be truly changed. I mean, uh, I know who you were. You know who I was. Mm -hmm. We're not the same. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, it's like, and it's this, the... Who you are now is—it's hard to explain. Yeah, you know, it, it really is. And it's uh, uh, man, it's like my my heart has like has a glow. You know, yeah. it's like uh, it's just a, a feeling of comfort, right? Even when things are bad, and it's like uh, when we are having bad times, my health's down, or I'm I'm sickly. Uh, I still have faith in the Lord. You know what? And I'm not afraid to die. If the Lord wants to take me now, I'm ready to go. I'd like to stay around and see my son grow, but uh, I'd be glad to go in a heartbeat, you know, if he wants to take me. Right. That's uh, that's one thing that I that it just reminded when you said that. That's what that's what reminded me of. We were reading in Hebrews uh, last night during our Bible study, and. Now, I can't remember exactly which verse it is. Uh, but it, it's talking about Jesus and talking about how he took... Uh, okay, let's see. Okay, Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verses 14 and 15 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that though death, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Mm. 
and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So what Jesus did uh, took the fear away mm-hmm. for us who believe. Uh, I mean, of course, I'm I'm the same way. I I want I would love to stay around, see my kids grow mm-hmm. up, and 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 be here. Uh, you know, as long as the Lord will let me. Yeah. But uh, when it comes my time, I'm not afraid to go. Yeah. It's it's because I know where I'm going. And I know that that uh, my family is going to be there with me, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, that fear of death is something that that so many uh, struggle with. Yeah. And I know for me, and I was a Christian, uh, but there was a time in 2018 where for several months there, I went through a deep... Uh, bout with anxiety and depression yeah and i had never experienced that uh to that level um and i had preached against it yeah oh you know if you're if you're anxious or if you're depressed you know it's a lack of faith and and which in a sense it is yeah 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 but but also uh I was preaching hard on something that I had never experienced and and the Lord showed me what that stuff was like and and there was such a there was several months there that I was so uh so bound by anxiety and I I mean I was terrified to go out of my house I was terrified to uh I was having panic attacks anxiety attacks whatever you want to call them uh, I I was terrified that that my family was going to die. The devil kept telling me, I'm taking you out. You know, I was always afraid I was going to die. And, and it, you know, what it all boils down to, honestly, is at that time, the Lord was telling me to do something uh, that I did not do. And it, it, was, yeah. it was coupled with with that conviction and I know that I'm not doing what God's called me to do right now. Um, but it was a step of faith that I was just terrified to take. And so he had to, had to allow me to have all of that, Yeah, you know, to, to get me to realize, okay, I, I got to trust in him. But, but during that time, that fear of death was so strong. And like I said, I was, uh, it's 2018, I was saved May uh, 6, 2012. So, you know, six years or so that, but I was, I was battling that so strong. But, and, and the fear was not dying because I knew where I was going. Yeah. The fear was leaving my family behind. Got you. And, man, the Lord spoke to me and it was clear as day. And he said, you have to let your fa- you have to let your family know where to turn if you're not there. Gotcha. And you know because I was taking all of the responsibility on myself, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know, oh, if I'm not here, what what's going to happen to my family? You know, are they going to go astray? Are they going to be able to make it without me? Whatever, you know. 
And that's when the Lord really, and I mean, we've always done, uh, we've always, you know, uh, went to church and, and been involved and everything ever since we, uh, ever since we gave our lives to the Lord. But the Lord was really impressing on me at that time to start doing family Bible studies. Yeah. You know. Uh, start sitting down and teaching my wife and my kids and and you know because a lot of times we go to church and we say you know here it's the pastor's job but no we are the spiritual leaders of our homes yeah. you know and uh, and so yes they can get fed and they can learn and and grow a lot through church and youth ministry and whatever else they're involved in. But as the daddies and yeah. as the, the men of the home, uh, you know, a lot of men, and I always used to be this way, you probably were too, you know, hey, being the man is being the tough guy, uh, making the money, putting food on the table, providing for the family. That's what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and, and the provider aspect is part of it, but uh, our number one responsibility in God's eyes is to be the spiritual leader spiritual of our family. Leader, yeah, yeah. And so at that time, the Lord was really impressing on me to, uh, start having, uh, family Bible studies and I wouldn't commit to it. We would do, we would do it here and there and yeah. then we'd, we'd fall out of it and you know, Oh, we got something better to do or we'd rather watch TV or whatever. We'll do it tomorrow night. Yeah. Then tomorrow night we're going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, so there were some other things with ministry that the Lord was leading me to do, but that the the family thing was the biggest, yeah. you know, thing that was weighing hard on my mind, and and that's where He said you've got to let you've got to know that they know where to turn if you're not there, and that's where I really started understanding my responsibility as the man of the house. Yeah, you know. There's several situations over the past few years that uh, <laughs> it's ended up in that situation, and God says, "All you had to do is do what I told you to do." You know, uh-huh. you know, and it's, it's it's one of the things you hard to explain. But as a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, sometimes God's like, "Get up and sing." Uh, it's that little thing. Yeah. Get up and sing at church. Give a testimony. You know. That little stuff. Don't sit there. You know, God right. tells you to get up, get out on the floor and do some push-ups. You better do yeah. it, you know? Well, when he tells you to do something, he's got something for yeah. for someone. Someone, and, You yeah. know, there's a lot of times as a Christian uh, that you, I'm sure we will never know the people that we impact or the people that we influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he knows, but... You know, there's sometimes that, you know, whether it be in church or at Walmart or, you know, whatever, that he will tell you to do certain things. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, some of the scariest times is being in, in Walmart or something like that and, and seeing somebody and the Lord say, go pray for them. Yeah. You know, or ask them if you can pray for them. You know, yeah. little things like that. These are people you don't even have a clue who they are. And, you know, I've been guilty a lot of times of passing it up. Yeah. But uh, it's those things like that that 
you know, or, you know, sharing your testimony or whatever that the Lord impresses on us to do. And we might not see a, a person right at that moment, you know, go to the altar and give their hearts to the Lord. But everything that God has us to do, mm -hmm. he's got a plan for it. So while we may not see whatever his plan is manifest right before our eyes, we might have just been, uh, you know, planting a seed yeah. that the Holy Spirit begins working on yeah. somebody, you know. That's what I was talking about a while ago. I was trying to get out when I was saying, uh, you know, God uses us, you know, for something. Yeah. Uh, like one of my things uh, that I try to do now, and uh, I try to tell everybody to have a blessed day or, or, or God bless you or, or something, you know, mm -hmm. nowadays, because that might be that one little thing that turns somebody's bad day around, you know. Exactly. Might save him from going home and beating his wife or or beating her kids or, right. you know what I'm saying, yeah. or, or killing herself. Yeah. Or it's, it's that that thing you just, you're supposed to be different. You know, there got to be a difference in you. Yeah. If, if there's no difference in you when you get saved, you ain't saved. Exactly. That's uh, exactly right. And uh, so... I got a long way to go, you know. But, oh, we all do. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy and proud of the man I am. I'm ashamed of who I used to be, but that's who I used to be. Right. That's not who I am now. And uh, oh, do I slip? Do I mess up every day? You know. Yeah. But uh, like I said, I always got somewhere to, the, take it. You know, we got somebody to take it to, and. Uh, I got a God I want to serve. I want to do what he wants me to do, you know. Well, we're not perfect. The Bible makes that clear. Uh, so for any Christians out there who think yeah. that they're sinless and they're perfect, then they're wrong. They're lying, so therefore oh, yeah. they're sinning. Exactly. But, you know, we're not perfect, but that's not an excuse not to strive for perfection. Right. Because, you know, that's that's sanctification. That's the Holy Spirit's primary job. The Apostle Paul, I believe it was, said that he is conforming us into the image of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, that's his primary job. Yeah. Uh, whenever you get saved, he comes live inside of you. He mm -hmm. he shows you truth. He convicts you where you're wrong. You know, and little by little, he's cleaning you up from the inside yeah. out. Yeah. You know, so that's his job, and that's what. Like you said, if if there's no change, yeah. um, I had a pastor used to say, there is no salvation without transformation. Yeah. Now, everything's not completely uh, instant. You know, some people, uh, you know, with me, I was, uh, I was a, sh a social drunkard. <laughs> I was a womanizer. Mm -hmm. And I was a, I was a, you know, had a had a mouth that would make a sailor blush yeah you know and for me the moment that i gave my heart to the lord those three things uh you know fell off yeah now uh those are just outward things you know that that people can see and notice yeah, yeah, yeah. oh but what about the you know and so if i go around thinking that i'm perfect in that look what you know, look, I don't, I don't, I don't have filthy language anymore. I, I don't 
drink uh, mm-hmm. anymore. I don't I don't cheat on my wife and and run around all the time anymore. Oh yeah, but what about those little things inside, like that pride, yeah, or that envy? You know, those little things that you can keep hid. You know, he comes after those things too. Oh yeah. So he's cleaning us up. That's his job, and it's a daily process. It's the sanctification process, and uh, and he's going to do it as long as we. Um, will submit to the leadership of the Holy yeah. Spirit. You know, one of the, I have to share this, one of the biggest battles I ever had, and uh, I give my life back to the Lord, uh, getting active in the church again, and the, some something in my head was telling me, what do you want me to do? You want me to do something, Lord? What do you want me to do? It was six-month battle. Mm. I had sleepless nights I would lay there Lord what do you want me to do just tell me please tell me what you want me to do Lord and I'd pray about it and I'd ask him and I'd just sit and talk to him and uh, I'd talk to my wife about it and it was such a battle and I was just like I'm exaggerating it was four months it was a four month battle mm. and I was like what do you want me to do do you want me to you want me to lead the choir do you want me to what do you want me to do do you want me to go out do you want me to start this or that you know there was so many options and it just wasn't there. And in one night I was lying there in my bed and in my sleep and God spoke to me and he says, you know what I want you to do? Well, I'm like, God, you know, in my sleep, I'm like, yeah, what do you want me to do? Lord? And he's like, worship me. Mm. And all that time, that's what I was like. He said, yeah. I want you to worship me. And, uh, and, uh, I finally got that peace, you know, I'm like, gosh, that was so simple. Yeah. <laughs> All this time, you know, and, and God will speak to you, yeah. you know, and it was like, when you least expect it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, bam, worship me. And I sit up in the bed and I'm like, Brandy, you're not going to believe this, you know. <laughs> uh, he told me what he wanted. What? Why? I said, he said, he wants me to worship him. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you got to, you got to worship before you can do anything yeah. else. And, uh, I, I, it's hard to isn't that a weird is it weird though it was just like it consumed me dude yeah well I mean a lot of times the, the simplest things and you know but that is that is that's huge yeah because um, worship and getting in the presence of God that's something that you know yeah. Anybody who will listen to this and don't understand what a true relationship with Jesus yeah. is or, or what it's like to be in the presence of the Spirit of God, they, they'll think we're crazy. But that worship, that is, man, that is your time mm-hmm. with the Lord. And there's so much. And, and sometimes, you know, it can be completely silent sometimes you're talking praying sometimes you're weeping yeah. you know but but those times of of worship are are essential yeah in the christian life one of the you said hard things and that brought to my mind yeah. i was telling my kids the other night uh that my wife was laughing about it at that time because she knows 
you know how how the how it used to work uh coming from the business you know uh before i got saved you know personal and business was completely separate oh, yeah. yeah you know we didn't we didn't let anybody know if we had girlfriends or we was married yeah, or anything yeah. like that you know uh we couldn't do that we had an image that we had to that we had to uphold and uh you know one of the old one of the old wrestler uh thoughts was well you know if you got all these good looking guys who the women know are taken mm-hmm. then they ain't going to buy tickets yeah <laughs> you yeah. know so, oh yeah that was one of the first things we were taught is like make yourself seem available. Right. Always yeah. make yourself seem available. Yeah. My first wife didn't like that. Yeah, I know. Well, they <laughs> none of them do, and I and it's understandable. Oh really. yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. But uh, you know, we had many arguments over that. But you know, when when I got married, she knew what she was marrying. She knew. Uh, who I was and, mm-hmm. and, you know, so your lifestyle, right? Yeah. Uh, even though I look back at it and I don't agree with 99.9% of the lifestyle that I had, mm-hmm. but you know, everything was, I had a business side and I had a personal side and they never got mixed. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, whenever I first, uh, whenever I first got saved, uh, the Lord started dealing with me, and I, I was having that kind of feeling. I, I couldn't, I did, I couldn't get exactly what He was wanting, but uh, I, I mean, I had a burden, and I couldn't, I couldn't get it to come out. I couldn't figure out, and uh, then one day He was telling me, post some scripture on your on your Facebook. Oh Lord, this is case of cage. This, is, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know, talk about me. Go public with your faith. I'm like, Lord, this is, you know, I'll, I'll create one under my under my my shoot name mm-hmm. and, and just add, you know, personal friends yeah. and family. You know, I, I'll do that. Um, you know, but this is this is this is business. I, I don't yeah. need to mix my personal and my business, and. Uh, you know, basically, the Bible says, "If if he don't have all of you, he don't have none of you." Yeah. You know, to get a spanking, bad. Yeah. Um, but I ended up, I ended up, you know, doing it, and I Facebook and and Twitter, and I would tweet uh, Bible verses and just anything that the Lord laid on my heart, and I'd, I, I, it it become more natural yeah. to me, and uh, of course, a lot of the boys, you know. Uh, thought I was you know I'd been off for I'd been off wrestling for you know almost a year so everybody thought I was coming back with this new gimmick you mm-hmm. know oh, Casey's gonna have this uh gonna be a preacher. This, yeah. this Christian uh, preacher yeah. gimmick or Bangles. something yeah yeah <laughs> but uh you know they soon found out that it was a true you know uh heart and life change but that was one of you know in in my early uh my early days of of being a follower of Jesus that was mm-hmm. that was one of the biggest struggles for me because I was like oh lord now this is that that's personal I, we yeah. need to keep that personal that way you know if i if i go back and they want me to do <clears throat> some sort of a uh some sort of a 
darker storyline or uh, edgy yeah. storyline, you know, a, a DX or a yeah, Stone Cold yeah. kind of character or something like that. Yeah. You know, that's that's business. This is personal. Yeah. Let's just keep that. But but you can't. Yeah. You can't you can't keep those things. If if you're truly born again, you can't keep those things separated forever. I mean, who you truly are. I mean, you don't necessarily have to uh, have a Christian gimmick, Mm-mm. but but I mean, you know, who you are is eventually God's gonna uh, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna make you bring it out because you know Jesus says uh, Luke nine twenty three. And it's recorded in the other Gospels. But if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow mm-hmm. me. You know, so deny self. You've got to deny who you are, your uh, own talents, education, abilities, all the. You've got to deny yourself and be sold out to Jesus. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that he's he's not going to allow you to still work in the areas that you're familiar with, like, you know, putting you back in wrestling when you're strong enough or, or whatever. But uh but he wants he wants all of you, not just yeah. some. Not just whenever you need something, but he wants your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that uh, segue there, uh, that segue to a story. You're talking about social media. Social media is, is a powerful thing. It's a. I love it and I hate it. Exactly. <laughs> it's a it's fine edged sword. You know, uh, I've I've done a lot of changing on my so I, I now I post nothing negative on my social media. I, I'll catch myself sometimes getting ready to do that negative thing and I'll stop. Mm-hmm. And so I've, over the years, I mean, I've started posting stuff about church and my blessings and, and Bible scripture and whatnot. You know, that's what I post now. And, uh, I was having a friend with a, a supper with a friend one night, a long time friend, uh, Rush. And, uh, is what he rests about, you know, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, uh, Guy Bailey. But, um, he, we were eating and he's got dude I was worse when I you know when I got back got my life back together got with the Lord and uh, I said he goes can I ask you something I'm like he goes yeah he goes man I'm always looking at your Facebook and you're posting all this Jesus stuff he goes are you dying <laughs> <laughs> I think I said that we die daily yeah. uh, but, but I said no I said no man I'm not dying there's nothing wrong with me because I'm just sort of yours posting all this Jesus stuff. And I said, dude, man, I said, I said, I love Jesus. I said, my life, I said, I said, you just don't know. When there was two or three of us there, and I'm like, it was me, him, and Tank, and uh, Collins boys. And I was like, dude, you, you just don't know what God's done for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just changed my life. But uh, he goes, okay, I was just wondering. He goes, that's fine, you know. And I'm like, dude, man, I said, I hope you get what I get someday. So I swear it was like yesterday or day before yesterday, you know, he posted on Facebook. It was it was a church get together and he's like, Come join us. Wow. And that made me 
that made me happy. It made me smile. Praise the Lord. That was a blessing, you know. And uh, I, I don't know where he is, what his relationship is, but you know, at least he's moving in the he, right. Yeah, he's moving. He's, he's getting the ear full of yeah. it, you know. And so uh, it just that is awesome. Isn't that crazy? You yeah. know, it's uh, he just like, are you dying? I'm like, no, man. I said, I just, I wish you could have what I can. Have. Then. That opened the door, and me and another one of the Collins boys, we just sat and talked about Jesus out in the parking lot, and uh, it was just like, yeah, I feel like you do, and blah, blah, you know, just like, uh, these folks, you think they're not paying attention to you, but they are. Yeah. They're watching you, you know, and they're just, and they're waiting on you to fail, but, you know, a true Christian knows we all fail. Right. So... I just I wanted to share that that uh, about the social media and when you said that I was like yeah I got to tell this story yeah. because uh, like I said it is a, a powerful thing and uh, uh, it's used I hate to say it it's used probably eighty percent eighty five percent more evil than it is good right and uh, there's just so many times I'm like uh, I'm like man I'm just gonna get rid of this and Next thing you know, I'm like, well, this is the only way I get a hold of some of my loved ones and families, but there is good use, you know. It's yeah. like, I, like I said, I've been, we started up a Facebook page for our church, and so I've been running it, and, uh, you know, I post songs, and I post old things, and uh, it's, it's more coming that I'm going to, we're going to do with it. Yeah. So, uh, it's just in the, the ground stages, but I've got a lot of ideas that... Right. We'll plan on doing with it so i'm excited about it that's that's like me i've had such a love hate relationship i hate i mean now when it was all about promoting casey cage yeah, the character, yeah, yeah. then you know it was all good because i didn't i didn't pay attention to anything you know i was all consumed with myself yeah i didn't care didn't what anybody else was right but uh yeah but man there's so much i I hate social media, and there's been so many. I've deleted so many Twitter accounts and Facebook mm-hmm. accounts. Same and here. and then, you know, I I can go without it, but then the Lord reminds me, you know, this is an outlet yeah. for the gospel. Yeah. You know, and and it's like, uh, so I'll get back on there and. And create well, another page or whatever, yeah. you know, just to, and I'm like, okay, well, I, even though there's a lot of things on social media yeah. that I don't agree with and whatever, I, if it's, if it's a, a, a place for me to, to share the gospel, then that's fine. But most of the time these days, I'll get on there and I'll post mm-hmm. whatever's on my heart, you know, and then yeah. I get off. I don't. I don't do much scrolling around. Well, it gets it, uh, it gets to the point, you know. Like I said, you get re- tired of reading all the negative negativity. But with today's times, I hate to say it, with COVID and stuff, a lot of people don't get out and go to. Right. A lot of people are not going to church yeah. and stuff now. So a lot of people, we're you know, we'll be church. We got, like I said, we'll have thirty-five to fifty people there on Sunday, and we'll have. No, by the end of the week, six hundred to a thousand people. It's reached, so it's a well, powerful yeah. thing. You know, there's a lot of folks, older folks, that can't get out of the house and they'll watch it at home and stuff. Right. So 
I uh, just like, what do you do? So I've just started a lot of folks. I start if I, I I get fed up with seeing the negative, I, instead of unfriending them because I still want them to see my stuff, right. I'll hit the unfollow button. Yep. That way, none of their stuff pops up in my feed. So, but that way, they can still see my stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's. I found that unfollow button too, and I, <laughs> I, I never knew it, it existed. Yeah I, yeah, I thought I have to see what all these people are posting, but no, I don't. Nope, but, you don't. <laughs> they can still see yours, not unless they hit unfollow. So yeah, well, that's but that's great. It is. Uh, what's the church Facebook page again? New River Baptist. New church? River Baptist Church. There's actually an old one. Uh, that's not active anymore. I'm actually going to try to get with Facebook and get it removed, but it'll be the one with the most uh, recent, you know, the most recent stuff. Uh, it's New River Baptist Church, but uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up in the future. It's going. Uh, we got some singing coming up and some stuff, and uh, I'm putting on an event that you're actually going to be part of on uh, April 24th at. Uh, uh, Horseshoe Bend Park down there. We're gonna we got one of the pavilions down there. We're gonna have you and Ranger Ross. Y'all gonna come down there and do some uh, witnessing, and then I've got some local singers from the the Blue Ridge area that are they're very talented, and uh, we're gonna get them all sing a couple songs a piece. So it's just we're gonna have free barbecue and hot dogs and, and bottled water and stuff. So. Uh, we're just hoping to get out there and somebody here, you know, hears the gospel. Yeah, and, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's going to be great. We're calling it uh, 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 Praise on the River. So it's right right next door. I mean, it's right beside the Cold River. It's so beautiful down there. You're yeah. going to love it down there. Yeah, that'll be great. And I, like I said, I plan on, hopefully, if we can uh, if we can get together on it, be able to have you on another time before then. That way we can talk some more about that. Because I know you're in the beginning stages of planning yeah. it and getting everything together. So, Lord made this easy on me. Uh, it was so much easier to get together than it was a wrestling event. Yeah. Oh, I swear, I had it done in a day, man. Everybody's like, I'm like, man, could you come sing? Could you come give witness? Oh, I'd be, you know, I'm honored to. And yeah. Uh, the venue lined up and got rented and got it rented and lined up and just everything was, pow, fell yeah. together. Great, you know. I'm, It'll probably we'll probably have some kind of struggle along the way, but right. we'll get through it with the Lord's help. Well, uh, with something like that, you ain't got to worry about a bunch of crybaby wrestlers saying, "Well, what? Yeah. What's what's my creative? What, yeah, what are you yeah. gonna do with me? What you, you gonna know? do with? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, how much? How much is that gonna be worth? Well, do I get the belt? Yeah, am I gonna get the belt? I need the belt. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I, I, I want to, uh, I, I want to do some. Uh, Stuff I want to do some events. I want to promote some gospel singings and stuff. Uh, uh, I've had the desire and I just hadn't done it yet. But Lord told me to do this, so I hopped right on it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to do nothing with it, not unless it's in His will, you know. So right. I'm, uh, what the flesh wants and what He wants is a total different things. So yeah, I just want to make sure that's what He wants when I do it. So that's truth. Well, I'm. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm, I, I'd love and be honored to help you out any way possible in the future. So, but uh, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. And it's I, been great, man. I really it's been a blessing to it's, me. 
How long's it been since we've seen each other in person? Oh, gosh, I guess. Probably the last time you worked for me. No, no, no. We've seen each other since then. We were in, in Cleveland. Still been a yeah, while. Yeah, we were. Yeah, it's been Lordy. five, six years. Golly, maybe. No, no, it's been no. longer than that. It's about seven years. We'll talk on sure Facebook every now yeah. and then, but I guess about seven years. Lordy. Uh-uh-uh. That's a long time. Like I said, I'm horrible with time frame. It could have been 15 years. No. Surely, it ain't been, <laughs> surely it's not been that long. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Either way, it's been too long. Yeah, it's and, been a long time. But uh, I, I'm glad that we can get together and do this. And, and Me too. And I, I wanted to do it in person because I just feel more comfortable doing it like this, you know? Yeah. I, I've enjoyed it. You got anything else you want to say before we no. wrap this thing up? No, I can't think of nothing. Just uh, try to get out, maybe go to church somewhere, and uh, give 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 the Lord a try, and uh, I don't think you'll regret it no. at all. No, you don't. Uh, Woody's Church, New River Baptist Church. It's on Facebook. I, I see them posting live streams and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, check them out and. Uh, we just uh, thank him for being here with us. And uh, till next time, God bless all of you. And we pray that y'all have a wonderful day. For all Wrestling for the Faith updates, follow Casey on Facebook and on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Thank you for listening to another episode of Wrestling for the Faith with Casey Cage.